You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I also write about developing relationship with God at ryanhughley.com. My name is Tyler Dravitz, and I'm the executive pastor at Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. I'm hoping that we get through this conversation without our teeth chattering the whole time, because we accidentally, we turned the heat off like just one week too early. I turned it on. I know, I can feel oh, it yeah. warming up, yeah. but when we started, it was hella cold. I mean, yeah, and I, even though like... I could even do it from my watch and make it warmer. Uh-huh. I just sat and froze. Like <laughs> I kept typing and feeling like it's surprising I'm hitting the right keys because I can't feel my fingers. We so. are we are having the most erratic spring ever mm-hmm. in Utah this year. So yeah. it was like 70 on Sunday and it's like 40. It snowed a little bit this morning today. And then well, tomorrow yeah. it's like 70 again. And it's like confusing because you like pay to heat up the place. Then it gets too hot. So then you pay to cool it back down. So I just felt like if I can ride the cool until mm-hmm. it's time, but... It might have been a little early. It's a little early. Eh, and and also, this is this is the riveting conversation sub- <laughs> stuff that people pay the money for That's for right. this podcast. Uh-huh. Wait, people are paying? <laughs> yeah, I just didn't I, tell you. I'd like my cut. <laughs> You're the talent. So mm-hmm. we're going to start a new series of conversations this week. And uh, it's largely going to be inspired by uh, some research that came out last week. It's the first national post-pandemic study of American worldview. And um, I don't know that this will come as a major shock. So if mm-hmm. this spoils, sorry about that. Uh, the results are not pretty when, when it comes to faith. And so before we really jump into the specifics of that, mm-hmm. um, I would love to hear your thoughts. Just I know that you're not a researcher, but just yeah. kind of observationally, yeah. because you connect through my XP with a really solid sum of yeah. pastors and ministry leaders mm-hmm. every single week. Sure. Multiple denominations, multiple networks, multiple church sizes, multiple years of existence, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. It's very, very diverse. So I'm just curious how, when you think about those conversations, how would you in general summarize ministry leaders morale mm-hmm. um, things like what are you hearing from people what are the struggles maybe that yeah. they're running up against what are the churches that you work with just like what what are they experiencing right now uh, yeah I mean I think a few things I think in general um, the pastors that I talk to I think if I had to give it an overall emotion they're just very very tired mm-hmm. um, it's been a really difficult season of doing lots of things that they don't have a lot of experience with that they, they don't really you know some of them have never really wanted to do uh, I think it's been a season of a lot of criticism mm-hmm. about how you responded to things or how you handled things or how you you know and I think from most pastors standpoint they feel like I have done everything I can to just keep it going and mm-hmm. open. And like, I'm sorry it wasn't perfect, but mm-hmm. I did the best I could with the information I had. Mm-hmm. And so I think in general, uh, there's that. Uh, I also think from uh, due to some of the results we're going to talk about of this survey, I'm not surprised that um, the average church that I support um, is really um, 
I think at this point sort of like uh, disoriented about mm-hmm. what's happening with their finances. Mm. Um, and by God's grace, uh, you know, a lot of the churches, you know, churches don't typically go like Sunday to Sunday mm-hmm. uh, unless they're brand new mm-hmm. as far as their finances go. But um, everyone that I'm aware of is really seeing some depletion of some of those reserve funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, because maybe, giving is down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, we've talked about it a lot. There's mm-hmm. less people attending church and mm-hmm. so there's less givers i think given the kind of um recession that's mm-hmm. impending or mm-hmm. happening or i get has a little been happening for the last 20 years who knows yeah. something there i think people are being a little bit more cautious a little mm-hmm. bit more you know all of that and so there's just a lot happening that i think um optimistic, um, excited about what's ahead. Some of the, I'm not seeing a lot of that. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying nobody, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying in general, it's like, you know, just sort of trudging through mud, Mm -hmm. um, with some that are really contemplating maybe their time in ministry has come and gone. Mm -hmm. Well that, yeah, I resonate with, I guess, all of that. Mm. Um, I would say, I would say in in addition I I think one thing so I've 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 had all those questions and I've felt all of that for sure. sure. So I don't need to recount all of that. I would say a specific thing that I have found to be um I don't even know what I'd call it the, just like this sort of baffling challenge that I'm still not certain what to do with is in thinking about the people who are still here. I think this is one of the big mm. things that we're trying to still figure out and crack right now is there is this deep, deep longing for connection yeah. and relationship and, and, a, and an uh, almost, um, and this admission that people have developed so much social anxiety over the last few years that they are unable or unwilling to take the steps necessary to experience it. Yeah. And, and for those that have the awareness of that, they can at least like verbalize that mm. for those that lack the awareness there has been criticism of like the church. Well, yeah. the church isn't providing opportunity for community. And totally. I would say, well, that's in our situation, in the situation of vir- virtually every church I'm aware of, that is objectively untrue. Every church I know of has some avenue and environment by which community can be created. I'm not sure. saying it's all equal in quality, totally, but it's there. And so I think that those that lack the awareness around the effects, internal effects of the last few years are still throwing stones Mm. rather than looking and going like, the truth is I'm really having a hard time stepping into the open and, and building relationship with others. Sure. And I think that that's, so that is like, so I've got all that fatigue that you talked about Mm -hmm. and, um, and then looking at these big problems that we don't have clear answers for. Sure. And that can be um, just overwhelming yeah. to think about. Because I think even in the past, there's always been those people in your church that are uh, the ones who like get everyone together and mm-hmm. just like drive. And, and I'm finding and we're finding that some of those people are the most reluctant or the most mm-hmm. impacted. And so it, it is, it's just, it's, it's very weird. disorienting. Yep. Well, all of that that you just said does really track um, with the results of this study. It was conducted by the Cultural Research Center and uh, I think in partnership with the Barna Group. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, the big idea is that the pandemic has really shaken the foundation of faith in the United States. Mm. 
And so some specific examples would be, this study found that 15 million fewer Americans are attending church now than in 2020, which mm. is insane. So I looked it up the other day. That's like, that's more than the combined metro population of Los Angeles and Salt Lake City combined. No one thinks of Salt Lake as a big city. But yeah. when I just like, as I was looking that up, I just had this image in my mind of like, LA traffic. Mm-hmm. You think you just, it's just like walls of cars oh, sure. with people. And you just think like none of those people go to church anymore. Oh yeah. Well, or even like, I remember asking you, like, I have no idea, you know, what stadiums hold and all of yeah. that, but you said that it's like 50,000 people or something yeah, like 50 that. 50 to 60 is yeah. pretty average. I mean, and so you, you think about that and you feel like, all right, well, um, I mean like that's, you know, hundreds of stadiums of you know and for some reason it's that like when i'm surrounded by and all you can see is people you just think this is so many and that's like all of them yeah that's insane so if you feel like your church attendance is down a little bit yeah freaking duh like yeah it's down by 15 million nationwide (laughs) right that's so many people we now have sciencey things that say (laughs) that's really true (laughs) that's right i mean you counted them before but let's be honest every pastor was a little fast and loose with the counting that's right earlier on so maybe they were just off no this is proving it's it's true so some other um information would be that there's been a 4% drop in the number of Americans who even identify as Christian anymore, Mm. which so 15 million less are attending church, 12 million no longer even identify as Christian. So it's not just like what we experienced early on coming out of like when, when some of the restriction and things Mm -hmm. started to lift, we saw, you know, people who were still very much quote unquote committed to being a part of the church, but they were traveling and doing all the stuff they didn't get to do for a year or two years. We also had people who were uh, not ready to emerge even as the restrictions changed as well. And so those people you didn't see either. Yeah. And so there, the thought was like, okay, well there's 15 million people in the nation who aren't really going back to church, but they're going to come back to it. And the Mm -hmm. reality is 12 million of that 15 have said, Oh, I'm actually not even a Christian anymore. It's pretty sobering. Yeah. Um, prior to the start of the pandemic, 85% of born-again Christians described themselves as, quote, deeply committed to practicing their faith. And today that number has dropped to 50%. I don't know why. That one, for some reason, hit me harder than hmm. the, even the, like, 15 million not going to church. Yeah. Because it's just, like, I mean, that's just, there's half of professing Christians don't believe God has a purpose for their life. I just, mm. For some reason, I just find that to be so sad. Sure. Um, because that just seems like such a basic gift of grace that God gives to Christians. Is like, I mean, I really do believe as a Christian, I, I have a purpose that yeah. God's given me. Half of Christians don't even believe that. Mm. And, uh, and then lastly, there has been a 42% decline of Bible-believing Christians believing. Oh, no, I just said that one. Uh, no, you said the one above. I think you got oh, confused no, I, with what you were saying. I conflated to. the numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was 85% of born-again Christians uh, were deeply committed to practicing their faith. Today, that number is only 50. So <laughs> 50% of Christians professing born-again, like yeah. we're not talking about like all the, the stones that get thrown at like mainline, liberal, like those people aren't serious about their faith. I don't think all of yeah. those accusations are fair, but make no mistake, we're not talking about that. We're right. talking about by and large, evangelical, Bible-believing, yeah born again Christians, only 50% 
even practice their faith yeah, in any it's, serious it's way. It's that like exercise in a classroom where you're like, yeah. look to the left and look to the right. And like only one of you yeah. is committed to this. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. <clears throat> and then the one that I messed up was that for, there's been a 42% decline of people that have a God give, feel like they have a God-given purpose in their life. Mm-hmm. And I just find that horrible. Yeah, It's a little anticlimactic when you flub it as hard as I just did, yeah, but it's, it's not it great. Is. That's all right. <laughs> so on the, on the one hand, like there's just no way around the fact that you hear those numbers and it, and it is like deeply concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, the trajectory of the church in America was already in decline before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now we have some really solid research that says it's only been amplified by it. Sure. Um, You know, I mean, I've been hearing for the last 10, 20 years that, you know, we're, we're always like spiritually speaking 10 to 20 years behind Europe when it comes because the church has been in decline there for so long. And uh, man, this has been like a giant step forward. So I'm curious when you hear this, I Mm -hmm. talked about this in my message on Sunday. We talked about it today. We're hearing this again. Like, what do you feel? Not, not just what do you think, but like, what do you feel when you hear those stats? Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, I'm not entirely sure yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, Uh, I think through the, sort of the roller coaster of emotions I've felt like through COVID and wondering, like, I, you know, I know vividly, I might've shared it on the podcast mm-hmm. at different points. I wondered like, is the church done? Mm-hmm. Like, and just trying to understand like what God was doing in that and seeing some of the impact of mm-hmm. everything that happened through COVID on churches and on pastors. And I helped a few churches close. I mean, it just was getting pretty intense. And Mm -hmm. then as things continued to get a little better and, and, and all of those kind of things, um, I, as I've had a chance to kind of reflect and see what's happened in our own church and the churches that I support, I think what I, where I'm at right now is I, I still feel unsure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also just wonder, like, I know that like God is in control of all things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I shared a lot through COVID, like having some question about what God was doing. And I certainly don't presume to understand what that is and all of that. But I think, uh, because at any given time he's doing like a million things Mm -hmm. that are impacting all the Mm -hmm. people. Uh, but I think one of the things that could have been necessary was Mm -hmm. an opportunity of an, just, for Christians or those professing to be Christians mm-hmm. to go through a season to determine, is this real? Yeah. Is some it, pruning. It, yeah. Some mm-hmm. pruning, some, some, some like, like let's, let's not uh, worry ourselves with just filling the seats, but mm-hmm. that, that there are people that are actually pursuing relationship with God and living, living in a way that honors him and mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. And so I just, I do, I wonder if that's, and, and I think I'm kind of at this point now where I think the best way to describe how I feel is pretty resolved to, um, I did have to help and some churches close mm-hmm. and, and really, uh, got to understand those pastors situations and, um, totally got the decisions they made. And I think that that's going to continue to happen. But for some reason for me, mm-hmm. and I won't speak into anyone else's situation, mm-hmm. but it just feels like now is not the time. Mm-hmm. Like that, that I think that um, the church is in a really fragile state. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that it can emerge to be something 
maybe even better than it was before and maybe even more serious and more involved, just all of those things. Um, And even as you connect it with people's desire for more relationship and community before Mm -hmm. you might've been happy to just go to the church picnic, but now you recognize like you've been forced to be without it. And now this desire to have that connection to others. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. So Mm -hmm. I just, I just feel like, um, like if we've got, if you've got any, anything left in the tank, Mm -hmm. like you got to keep going. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that to myself and Mm -hmm. to you as much as anyone who's listening, Mm -hmm. but we have to just like, we can't let it go away. Mm -hmm. And I don't begin to believe for one second that God would allow that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at this point, he's chosen to use you and Mm -hmm. me and others who listen to this. And I think that like, yeah, I just don't know. Like it's one of those like, for a time such as this mm-hmm. kind of thing is, mm-hmm. is kind of where I'm at, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You talked about, you know, emerging, which we're going to call this series of conversations from the ashes. Um, Cause I kind of just, for some reason feel like that's a fitting, that's kind of how it feels, sure. you know, and we're, we're all sort of in, in the, the heat of trying to ensure that something rises from the ashes of all of those stats that we just heard. Sure. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I would say, I would say for one thing, I feel, um, I, I don't know what to call it. I think I feel a little bit of, of relief, mm. uh, ironically in hearing those stats because I feel like it, um, validates what I feel like I'm seeing mm. even in our own church. Sure. You know, I, I think you, it's, I think one, this is a good time for us to all be aware of what is happening in the big C church, because Mm -hmm. in the absence of that, you might feel like, well, our, my, my little thing that I'm leading is dying on the vine. And the truth is all of us are going through this great pruning. Like you Mm -hmm. just talked about, like, I don't think there's probably a church that's exempt from it. Right. Um, and so I feel a little bit of relief, like, okay, well, it's not just us. Yep. I think I also feel, um, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate your honesty around like, I'm not really sure yet because <laughs> I feel kind of disoriented too. Sure. I just feel like there's been an immense amount of change in the world yeah, and in the church that I'm still trying to make sense of. How did this impact me? How did this impact my wife? How did this impact my family? How did this impact my church? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answers to all of those things. I just yeah. kind of, you always use that example of like, is it like, you know, getting hit by a turtle on getting, Mario? Exactly. Yeah, where you just have stars. like the stars going yeah. around your head and you're like, what the heck happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do feel, I feel a lot of that. And I do feel some amount of, yeah, I, I mean, I feel tired optimism, I guess maybe is what I'd mm-hmm. call it. Cause I, do, I do, I've had so many thoughts of like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I do feel optimistic about the future and what God is doing and can do. I mean, there is much historical precedence that says that the church thrives in like in these seasons. Oh, sure. And there's always a remnant. Yeah. Whether I mean, it's persecution geez, yeah. or whatever it is, like the church has really, so I, there's, there's a way to look at this that is sort of super Debbie Downer, very negative, yeah. like the glory years are over. And then there's another way to look at it that that is to say that all of the conditions are ripe for renewal yeah. in the church. 
And um, I think if I'm honest, I probably vacillate sometimes between the two. I would love to say that I'm just like straight and narrow on nothing but optimism all the time and renewals coming, but I have a lot of hard days. And it's a lot of times I want to tag someone else in yeah. for that next leg. That's right. <laughs> Feel yep. like here's the I baton. Did my stretch. It's your turn. <laughs> my lap's Figure over. Figure it out. That's yeah. right. And so I think like where we want to spend the next few weeks is really wrestling with, well, what do we do with this? And so I think just from an introductory standpoint, we wanted to start with, you know, this study that's come out, how we think about it, how we're what lens we're seeing it through. Mm-hmm. But just, um, I think before we get into the specifics of what the next few weeks are going to cover, I think let's just hit on a, a couple of things that are important by way of just some advice sure. for people. So the first thing I would, I would say is I think it's really, really important. And I think this is very hard for many of us to make room for grief mm-hmm. because even the most optimistic of us that would look at the situation and go, yeah, it's, hard, but it's good. God's pruning and, and greater fruitfulness comes from seasons of pruning and there's great days ahead and, you know, all of these things. There has been a, an immense amount of loss mm-hmm. and relationships have been lost. Faith has been lost. Mm-hmm. Life has been lost. And it's important to not just put your head down and like barrel into the new season because sure. five, 10 years from now, when the fatigue catches up with you, you're going to have this wave of grief that washes over you and it's going to be a a lot and crushing. And so I think it's important to really make space to take an account of like, well, what has been lost for you personally? If you're a pastor list, like what have you lost? Who are the relationships that you've lost? Who are the people that you invested in? Maybe there was a dream or a vision that you had for what your church was going to be that isn't going to happen now. And I just think it's important and healthy to really make space to grieve those things. Yeah. I think the next thing is to allow space for reframing in your own mind. And I think I would even maybe like adjust that to say like, force the reality that reframing has to happen. That's good. Um, uh, Because I think if you just like say like, well, there might be some things that we need to take a look at or whatever. um, I just think that um, really like putting everything back on the table and really trying to figure out how do you effectively lead this church through this next season in Mm -hmm. a way that's going to be meaningful. Um, And uh, it's just going to be really important because on one end, you do have to make room for that grief. You have Mm -hmm. to really feel it, Mm -hmm. but you can't wallow in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't be in denial. You can't move foot, you know, so maybe you used to need four services. And if you're just honest, you only need one. I know some churches like that, Mm -hmm. like maybe it's time to go down to one Mm -hmm. or maybe it's, you know, there's, there's some things like that, that I think, um, especially when it does pertain to expenses and cost and all of that, um, it's going to be important that we're really, um, prudent about how some of those things happen. You know, like if the, if the, giving is not rebounding. You might have to look at how many people are on your staff. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's going to be some of that that Mm -hmm. needs to happen. And the longer we wait to engage in that, I think a couple of things, one, the people in the church are not being like shepherded in the most faithful way. Mm -hmm. If we're just stuck to like, this is the way we've always done it. And Mm -hmm. this is the way we're going to keep doing it. Um, And then number two, it really does a disservice to you um, to not recognize like the people of your church need something different than what they used to. Yeah. Um, And I think that just really working through that, whether it be, you know, a team of people, your leadership team, your staff, all of that, really talking about like if things that used to work 
are no longer working. Mm-hmm. It's time to change that. Like, yeah. and there are handfuls of things like that, that you're just like, this, this works so good. Right. Like what? Right. And uh, I don't know what to tell you other than like, uh, I was not the patient zero for COVID. So yeah. I am not responsible other than to say it does need to change. Yeah. I, I mean, a great mantra for people to adopt and to sit with is what got us here. Won't get, won't get us there. Right. And, uh, and I would say the quickest way to <laughs> the death of whatever it is that you're leading is to just ignore like where you actually are sure. because you're so precious about or married to where you were. Yeah. And so like what got us here, won't get us there. Just stick with that and then have the courage to think through those things. Yeah. And we'll spend some time like on this week in particular tying through. So what are some of those indicators mm-hmm. you can start looking at to help inform like maybe this is working and that was like mm-hmm. a peripheral thing no one wanted to do before. Yeah. And this thing everyone came to, but I can't seem to beg people to do, you know, all yeah. of that. Yeah. I would say it's really important for, for ministry leaders to be pragmatists. And I I understand that there is sometimes sort of a harsh recoil at the use of that word. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean pragmatist in the sense of like, well, if preaching the Bible's not working, then throw it out. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like (laughs) programs and mechanisms and means that we are using to help people experience and practice the essentials of faith. If the, if the, if the means is not working any, any longer, then, then don't be precious about that. It needs to change. Be pragmatic in the sense of help people connect with God and one another in a way that actually works. Right. Not in a and way that you... that's the only priority. Yes. Like, and so then if it's not illegal and if it's not sinful... <laughs> do that. Do, yeah. do whatever it takes. If it helps people connect with God and each other, it's yep. a win. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, I, I would say, and this is you know somewhat related to that, is it's really going to be a time where we need to... I think a major invitation that God has in front of us is a shift of focus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so this is for sure where we're going to spend the next few weeks. And so uh, a couple of examples would be, we need to shift our focus away from just attendance Mm. and to spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the great lessons of this research is we had a lot of people that were committed to a service that hadn't really been formed in the image of Christ. And so we need to shift our uh, focus to spiritual formation. Um, I think another one is really focusing on biblical foundation. There mm-hmm. has been this mass experience of deconstruction in so many people's lives. Yep. There is a, I will still hold to, there is a way to do that that actually develops deeper discipleship. Oh, and yeah. there's a way to go about that that absolutely destroys a person's faith. Yeah. And a lot of people have experienced that. Sure. So we need to focus on really rooting people in a biblical foundation once again, because Everything's been so disorienting, you know? Everybody's walking around going, what the hell happened? Right. And we have an opportunity and responsibility to root people in a biblical foundation. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we'll spend a week talking about the importance of focusing on what we call at formation, formative friendship. Mm. Men and women living in the open together for the purpose of being formed in the image of Jesus. Yep. So not just relationship for relationship's sake, um, though that's good and important, but in addition to that, a specific type of relationship that does in fact form Christ in us. Mm. So we might- we might add to that. You always come up with more ideas. So this <laughs> I might already have being, a couple. So do you? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. This just moved from four weeks to seven, probably. <laughs> 
But uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to From the Field. Um, I do hope that in addition to being sobering, you know, a lot of this is just very sobering, that there is hope for sure. And mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm so encouraged by the resolve that you're feeling. Like there, I do think there's something about resolve that's like infectious. Sure. And, uh, and so latch on to that. If you feel like you're struggling, oh, you got two people here. We're not quitting today. That's mm-hmm. the language we use. <laughs> And, uh, and so we keep going and we live to fight another day. Uh, if anybody else comes to mind that you think might benefit from this conversation, we'd be honored if you'd share it with a friend. Uh, just as a reminder, From the Field's only one branch of our ministry, and so you can learn more about Formation Church at formation, S- <clears throat> excuse me, formationslc.com. I'm struggling today. Mm. You can subscribe uh, to my newsletter at ryanhugley.com as well as find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at ryanhugley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. And you can learn more about MyXP at myxp.church. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.